Hello, 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 and welcome back to Podcasting is the New Kink. I am your host, Jasmine Gary, aka Pink Lady. I use she, her pronouns, and I am so excited for today's episode. Today is going to be... We, we just gonna flow, y'all. We just gonna flow today because I'm really excited. This is one of the couples I reached out to on Instagram and they responded right away that they were interested in being on the podcast. Took a little time to get the interview <laughs> set down, but no worries, you're here. I'm excited. Please tell the people who you are. Hello, hello, hello. I love that you start your podcast off like that because I do and several other people do it and it sets that community feel to it but yes hello I am Denise or D and this is my husband Mr. B I'm sure he'll introduce himself but we are co-hosts well like I say I'm host and he's sidekick of the truth and coffee time podcast where we discuss community relationship um, a little bit of society and culture but more around um, relationship and entrepreneurship and we do that because we are a couple of over 30 years. Um, we have a lot of insight and in, in experience and relationship. And we have the, um, the caveat of being an interracial couple. So we have a little bit of that insight as well. And we are entrepreneurs. So we try to bring a little bit of all of that to the podcast table and bring in some fabulous entrepreneurs to help others out there to to dive into their passion. So thank you so much, Miss Jasmine, for having us. And I, I talk a lot. So anytime you want me to just close my mouth, just let me know because I'll I'll just keep talking and he's dry like toast. So <laughs> that is no worries. We like to talk on this podcast. We like to hear all the goodies, all the gems. So that is no problem. <laughs> Mr. B. I'm Mr. B, dry like toast, uh, sidekick. Um doing sidekick-ish, <laughs> but uh, I, when she started this this journey, she was like, let's do this. And I was like, all right, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just, I'm, I'm, I'm available, uh, just tell me. But I didn't know how big of a uh, an ongoing it would be for mm -hmm. her. It was rough at first, but now it's uh, a daily thing. And Jasmine, you know, it's a big undertaking to do a podcast with the editing the show notes, finding the right guests, vetting those guests, making sure that you you stay within that niche mm -hmm. for your community and, you know, watching the numbers. I've learned not to watch the numbers, though, because the numbers will discourage you because you hit this this huge number and then you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm there. I'm doing well. And then all of a sudden, the next episode, you got like four people. Listening. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So I've, I'm learning not to watch the numbers, but that was very hard for me because for like the first six or seven months, I was watching those numbers and I was like, I'm going to, we're quitting this thing because this is just crazy. But then I had to remember what the, our why was or my why, you know what I mean? Because like I said, he, he is my sidekick because this is, is my baby, but I did it on the premises of us. But I had to make sure that he was available. And even he says, honey, it's a lot of work, you know, mm -hmm. and and he's just doing sidekick stuff. I, I'm going to tell you, I don't I don't, I don't do the, uh, the the editing and what, what she does to it. But mm -hmm. and we do have our son that that does a lot of the the editing and the actual the vocal heights and stuff like that mm -hmm. when, when he's when he's dealing with 
actually processing the video or processing the 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 stream and she'll deal with it but i i, I don't i don't do it because i don't even i don't even understand it so mm -hmm. i'm like eh. and when you don't want to understand it it's like <laughs> yeah i don't care i'll show up to the next one i'm the artist mm -hmm. that's what I that's that. what it is you should the... be the name that should be the name no i like sidekick okay <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Are you trying to change his name in mid-interview? <laughs> I'm cracking up. But you're so right. I, I love everything y'all said. Um, mm -hmm. in, especially in the beginning, it can be really hard because there's so many different moving pieces. And you don't know about all the different moving pieces yep. until you get into podcasting, yeah, right? You don't know what you, start, you don't know. No, you start doing it and then you're like, wait, oh, I got to do that too. Oh, I got to do that too. What the heck? I got to promote mm -hmm. my show too. Like it's all these different mm -hmm. things. So absolutely. Um, and focusing on your why that that's it. Mm -hmm. That's what I tell my clients all the time. Okay. Yeah. But why did we get into doing this? Are you making right. the impact that you want to make? Like there are different questions. What are your actual podcast goals? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we want to include the numbers, right. To mm -hmm. as a tracking uh, mm -hmm. mechanism. Right. But we don't want to focus on the numbers. That's not all we're doing this for to get high numbers. So mm -hmm. absolutely. I saw your um I saw your post I think because you know I'm up at like four in the morning looking because that's the only time I can almost you know get my post out or try to get some some things out on social media. So around four some four or five this morning I saw your post on how to ask a guest to be on your show. And I just loved it because I struggled with that for so long trying to figure out how to approach someone to be on our little show that's just starting out. You know what I mean? And yeah. and, and we've got no's. We've got people saying, no, nah, we don't think you're the right, you know, platform for us. Or I don't think that, you know, you guys are big enough. Or we've gotten those no's. And I had to learn not to take it personal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it, it, the shoe has been on other foot. We have been asked to be on some podcast that just does not align with our beliefs yep. and it doesn't align with our platform. And we've had to respectfully decline, you know, but when it was, when it first happened to me, girl, I was like, oh my God, I was clutching my pearls. Like what? Mm -hmm. I'm like the sweetest person in the world. You don't want to be on my show. <laughs> <laughs> right. We start to internalize it like, well, what is it about me that you say yeah. that you want to be on my show? Right. Yes. But ex looking at it from a different mindset, switching, you know, shifting your mindset yeah. to be about, OK, this is a business for them. Right. This is a business for us. Um, yeah. You know, it, it makes sense that it actually doesn't align when you take a second look at it like, oh, OK, I understand that. Um, and, and that's very important, right? Saying no, because you don't right. want people on your show that don't align with your beliefs, Absolutely. right? You don't mm -hmm. want to promote people that, you know, mm -hmm. differ from mm -hmm. what you believe, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, and, and being able to to say no, have that integrity, right? And, and be like, you know, I, I like what you're doing, but you're not a good fit. That's okay. You know, that's totally fine. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm glad you, you know, had some experience. <laughs> you mm -hmm. had to go through that thing, but you came out on the other side realizing mm -hmm. like, nah, it's okay. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's good. I've, I've had some no's. I've definitely had some uh, no, this isn't the right time or um, no, that because my show is in parts and series, every series is something different. So like, for example, right now, part six is about couples. I was right. interested 
interested in interviewing married couples because I'm I have a partner that is a goal for us we want right. to get married so yeah. I just I like to learn right that's really I just want to learn as much as I can from people who have done it you are in y'all been in a successful marriage for 33 years so why not learn from you if you're willing to teach me right so that's how I see it and and our success may be completely different than what the next couple successes because right. what we've been through or what we have may have, I don't want to use the word tolerate, but what we have worked through, some people may say, no, I wouldn't have been able to work through that. That would have been, that's a showstopper for me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So we do have to find where your success level, lie. like, what is your cap? You know what I mean? Cause yeah. 33 years, girl. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, you know, We've been through some things, <laughs> you know, some things that people would have been like, I don't think that I could have done that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then to put on top of it, I'm black, he's white. So we've been through what? some thing things, <laughs> some <laughs> things that I'll look at him and say, black people don't do that. We, we don't do that, you know, mm -hmm. or he'll look at me and he'll say, yeah, but I'm a witness and I'm trying to be an ally. And I'm like, you ain't doing a good job. We got to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, but to be able to to say that to each other or for him to say that, honey, you're you're treating me as if I weaponize my entitlement when I don't. I'm witnessing it and I'm trying to give the best answers that I can. And for us to to be able to have that discussion, not agree but love each other enough that we respect each other's opinion. I'm 33 years. That's just some people who don't make it three years. It's you not know, as prevalent. <laughs> it's not as prevalent now, 33 mm -hmm. years later, but yeah. in the beginning of our relationship, mm -hmm. I would say, let's do this. Let's do that. She's like, I can't, we just can't do that. Mm -hmm. You know? And I was like, why not? And, you know, cause it doesn't naive, work, naive. It doesn't work like word. this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't work like that down in the South. Cause when I met her, we were in Georgia, Alabama mm -hmm. area, and it was in the early 90s, late 80s. So mm -hmm. it's it's not that's not that wasn't cool back then, right. you know, or so. accepted, especially where we were. Yeah. You know, so being in the military made it easier because I it's agree. a diverse. It's a diverse group and they're that's the green world, as you would say, like, mm -hmm. you know, military, like it's army green or something, or yeah. not to say that there wasn't issues in there, there silo, there is, you know, but w that was our community. And it was a little bit more accepted in the military community mm -hmm. than it was in the Alabama or Georgia community mm -hmm. at the time, yeah. you know? Um, so I do believe like, you know, Mr. B was saying is that, that was kind of like our sanctuary. Like, okay, if we went outside this post, we know we about to get slammed with something, even if it's just dirty looks. Mm. But inside this post, we can kind of handle it because it's in pockets and it's not, you know, this huge prevalent thing, you know? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, can you talk more about the beginning? Like, you know, 30 years ago, you guys just met, you fell in love. I definitely want to hear all about that, how you met. You said you met on a blind date. So I definitely want to hear more about that. <laughs> we, we met over the phone. Um, actually, I had a friend who had some numbers 
and mutual friend it was a mutual, mutual friend, friend. Mm-hmm. but i didn't know her at the time so yeah. I, and i was like well what about this number because i asked him i was like you know what about the ladies in the city and he was like yeah here, here's a book you know the little black books oh, back mm-hmm. But it was just. It was I just, tell my kids this story, and they said, "They said, Mom, your name was in the little black book." <laughs> so I opened it up, and I started looking through, and I was like, "What about this?" He's like, "Nah, what about this?" I should ask about her, and he was like, "No, and not at all." He said, "That's my friend, and she would kill me if you just called her like a cold call." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, that's the one I wanted." <laughs> but but my question to him back then was. We're we we were friends. Him and his, his mutual friend, mommy, we were friends. And I was like, "Why you got my name in the same book as your your girlfriend?" Right, though? right. Like, why you ain't differentiate my name? Why you got me? How come I I'm on the whole list, but I'm actually the friend? Why you got me all mixed it was up? A roller deck. I guess you just add them all together, right? What what I want to know too. I'm curious. So I call her, and she's like. Who is this? And I was like, uh, this is Brian. And she was like, I don't, I don't know you. And I was like, no, you don't, but we have a mutual friend. And I was just trying to see if you want to hang out. She was like, no, click. And hung up on me. <laughs> and then she calls him and is like, why you have these random guys calling me? And he was like, who called you? And, and then he yelled at me. And then I called her back the next day. Yo, he was persistent. Yeah, and then me? I called her back the next day. Yeah. And I kept hanging up on it. Yeah. And I uh I caught her in a time when she had a bad day at work and she just started venting to me. So I was like, do tell. Let me, let me, let me, let me be here for you. So and it was one of those, like, I have told you to stop calling me. Mm-hmm. I do not know you. I've had a rough day at work. I cannot be putting up with this bull crap. And you know, and I'm just going off. And I said all of that. He says, Well, tell me what happened with your day then. <laughs> Like that's all he heard. He heard nothing. <laughs> he, found, he was looking for his end. Yeah, this is like on a random Wednesday. So it, <laughs> she came out to the barracks on that Friday, Saturday, Friday or Saturday. Yeah, you know, it's been a long time. And just to just to meet me to see who I was. Well, I was asleep. My hair all over the place. You know, I'm like. I'm... But Jasmine backed up a little bit when I finally start talking to him like when he's like well tell me about your day this was let me see I had got home from work because I worked two jobs at the time and I had got home from work I guess around 10 o'clock 10 30 and I get home and, you know back in the day you hit the button and you have the voicemails on the yes. recording thing on the on, and so and it was him he had like two messages on here and I was like this dude will not leave me alone. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And then literally 20 minutes after I checked it, my phone ring again. And I answered the phone, it was him. And I'm like, look, you have got to stop calling me. I do not know you. I don't roll like that. I've had a bad day at work and I'm just going off and on, going off. And so, like I said, he pops right into that 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 hole and goes, well, tell me what happened at work. Maybe mm-hmm. I, can, I can just listen, right? And we ended up being on the phone till like four or five in the morning. And from that point on, we talked every single day, multiple times a day. And I tell people all the time, it, we emotionally connected mm-hmm. before we ever saw it. And with no FaceTime, mm-hmm. it wasn't no, I didn't have no cell phone. So it was landline, you know what I mean? And also, so- I didn't have a landline in the mm-hmm. barracks. So I had to sit at the end of the hallway on a hard floor. On a pay phone. On a, on a mm-hmm. phone like this. <laughs> 
and mm-hmm. listen to what she was listen to what she was saying. So if it was oh, three, you, you was about to say listen to that bull crap. No. <laughs> I heard it in my spirit. I heard it. <laughs> to listen to what she was saying, we ain't paying no attention to it. Look, to listen to what she was saying, and people walking back and forth. You know, they want to use the phone. Like I was just about to say, they was probably phone. like. Anytime soon, you're off the phone? <laughs> yeah. And so every day... So it wasn't comfortable. Talked, I wasn't laying in my bed talking to her. I was. But every day we talked. So from that point on, every day we talked several times a day into the wee hours of the morning. So we became really emotionally connected and confide in each other. Like, like the trust was like immediate. Like we just started confiding in each other. I was telling him things that even my Friends didn't even know, like really sharing things. Don't have nothing to worry about. You don't even know me, you know. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what he was saying. I was like, "You better not tell nobody." You like, "What well, tell? I don't know nobody." You know. Oh, I know, love was- that though. <laughs> let's let's take it back a little bit. And so, Brian, what was it about D that was like, "Okay, I want to talk to her, and I'm going to keep calling her until she talks to me"? <laughs> because well, I think it was it was twofold. Her voice was very calming, mm. and uh, what do you want to say? It was uh, I had a sexy, mm. like a tall girl voice, like the phone <laughs> operator <laughs> voice. <laughs> no, she does. She does got a nice phone voice. Well, you know, I've but, gotten older now, so I have an old throat. But you know, <laughs> back then, <laughs> back then, you know, I had that youthful, that youthfulness about me. Now, you, you know, I, I, I don't even smoke, and I sound like I did. I got that secondhand smoke throat, you know. <laughs> no, but it was calming, and um, you could tell that she was she was mature, and she understood how the world works just from talking to her, you know. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking to her. But the reason that I kept on, I think it was a challenge. I mean, I'm an Aries. I was like, what? You want to hang up on me? I'm gonna call you back. I'm gonna see what this is, about. and I'm a Scorpio, see, so you we, know I was not. We playing. didn't even at this point. We don't even know what each other looked like. Mm-hmm. So it it could have been like, eh. but I was, I was really digging her. I was really liking her, even though we haven't seen each other. She didn't yeah. see me, and my and my friend kind of threw her uh, the wrong bone because he said, "Yeah, he's light skinned Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, he a brother. He like him. Now, so he knew I was black. <laughs> but he don't tell me. He he a brother. He like him. You, you don't like I, him. I don't know nothing about this. Yeah, so when she came out, she was like, that dude is not like him. He is not like <laughs> <laughs> So her expectations were different than mine. I knew I knew she was, you an ebony girl? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I didn't think you were not pecan brown. No, I wasn't. <laughs> No. Mm-mm. So she was like, oh, got me a light skinned guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me go check it out. Oh, he's white. And <laughs> and he um when I after I met him, we didn't miss a beat. It was like we had already emotionally connected. So when we met and we hugged, the hug was different than when you like you meet a friend. Mm-hmm. It was like one of those true hugs, like, oh my gosh, I've missed you. You know, I'm so glad you're here. You yeah, know, and- you were there for me when I had a bad day at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like that. And although I did call my friend and I'm like, he is not like <laughs> and he was like to me, he's like, but I, I was uh, you know, he had already committed himself and 
and y'all was already talking. I ain't know what to say. The friend was like, I just had to get you there because yeah. I knew like y'all already mm -hmm. had the energy, the vibe was going. Yeah. Like, I just had to get yeah. you there. And he yeah, got he was, you there. Yeah, he's like, this brother sitting in the hallway at three, four in the morning. I at least had to get you there, you know. At 5 30, we do PT. So I would just mm -hmm. get up off the floor, go get dressed and go run and do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But that first meet, I just always remember that it was familiar. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like meeting someone going on a date, that awkwardness. Mm -hmm. It was like familiar and it felt good. And I would just remember him hugging me and, and me hugging him. And we must have hugged several times and, and we was talking. We've always talked and we just kept talking. So that whole night um, we we talked and talked and talked. I think it was like one or two in the morning. We was just sitting in the car, just talking, talking, talking before I left. So I just remember thinking that this, if he's not going to be my man, he could definitely be my best friend because he was just so easy to talk to, you know? So I do remember that. Now she was crazy. <laughs> I had no car. Listen, listen, mm -hmm. I had no car, no yeah. house. I had a job. Cause it he was, was in, a soldier. It was, I was in the military, but they don't get paid a lot. Mm -hmm. And she had two cars. She had two houses. She had a house that she put her grandparents in and she was living in this apartment area. And I was like. And he made 11, do? he made $11,000 a year. A Oof, year. That was military. <laughs> wow. Isn't we, that crazy? But we balled out on it. I <laughs> so she, said, she said, I would say, let's go out. And she was like, she would say, Brian, we can't do this. Mm -hmm. I can't go out. I have because I was because like, I, I got to pay all these bills. My grandparents and, and I was like, I had a kid. I and... said, take your money, pay all your bills. Mm -hmm. And then that that puts her in a vulnerable state because if she takes all her money, pay everything, she doesn't have nothing to do anything with. Mm -hmm. Right. And I said, and then we'll just we'll just party on my on, on my check or just and live. We'll just live on my check. And he lived up to it. And I'm you still see? getting his check. <laughs> 33 years later. <laughs> I see my check since uh, eighty eight. No, no. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what the you know what the cool part is about a relationship. I don't, I don't see my check, but when I swipe the card, it goes through. The money you know what there. I'm saying? So mm -hmm. this is how this is how we live our life, and this is way different than today's youth. But I bring my money home, I give it to her, and then everything's paid we're good the money that i have that we put in like uh what is it like 401ks mm -hmm. and, 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 and markets and crypto and, and all that i do that first then i then i then i bring her whatever so yeah. it works it works out hey y'all pink lady here i'm a podcast producer director coach and host and I want to tell you all about my production company, Pink Lady Productions. We collaborate with creatives like you who are driven to share your message by launching your podcast from A to Z and coaching you through the process. To learn more about our services, check out our website at pinkladyprod.com. That's P-I-N-K-L-A-D-Y-P-R-O-D.com. You know, I've been talking to a bunch of couples, a bunch of married couples who have been married for a long time. And there are a few things that you said just now that 
echoed in that are like I'm really paying attention to. Um, mm-hmm. Number one is the the familiarity when you met. See, you guys have been talking for a while before you actually met. But mm-hmm. even so, I think you just felt, you know, you felt that connection while you were talking. You felt that vibe, that energy, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the couples I've been talking to is about when they first met, it was just something familiar about the other yeah. person that just like kind of attracted me to them. Um, mm-hmm. And then you said you guys talked, you talked for hours and hours and every day and multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. That is something else that echoes. It's like, you got to want to talk to your partner, right? Mm-hmm. First, and then you got to be able to actually talk to them and, you know, actually have a conversation back and forth. Um, opinions, right? You you guys said that you disagreed completely about something, but still have that respect and have that love there. So it's okay. We can absolutely agree to disagree. Right. So those mm-hmm. are absolutely things that clearly <laughs> I'm I'm paying attention to. Those are signs of like longevity in your relationship signs that like you really want to be together and can be together. You're compatible, things like that. So I'm just paying attention. I'm noting for my audience. Like and he, he's a talker. <laughs> he was a communicator from the beginning. I wasn't. So for him to bring that out of me, that was something really different. Mm-hmm. I was very closed up, you know, very private. I was a single mother, you know, and so I didn't do the lot of it. And I didn't show affection in public. And mm-hmm. my I wasn't raised like that. My grandparents raised me. And I grab her hands. She'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but now now look at this. I'm black. He's white. So he took it as a different. He took it different as if I didn't want to be seen in public with him it because, wasn't like that though. because of our color differences. But it wasn't that. I was raised with no no affection. It was like, the way you know I love you is I put food on the table mm. and a roof over your head mm-hmm. and, and you go to school and you get an education until I tell you not to because you need to get a job to help pay these bills. Mm-hmm. My grandfather didn't tell me he loved me until he was on his dying bed. Mm. You know? So... I was not raised like that. I wasn't raised with the hugs and the kisses and hold my hand. And um, they showed me how to survive. They didn't even show me how to thrive. Yeah. They showed me how to survive. Mm-hmm. They showed me how to fight and to, str- and to struggle. Mm-hmm. But there was no love and emotions yeah. in that. So to, to, to get with this guy who, and his mother was like that. The first time I met her, she hugged me down. <laughs> like, you know, I was uncomfortable, girl. Mm-hmm. Just awkwardly uncomfortable. <laughs> now I hug everybody. Like yeah. I, I hug everybody to the point where my and call everybody sweetheart. And now they were know, best friends though. And my grandkids say, You have got to stop hugging <laughs> everybody, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if they only knew who I was before for the person I am right now. Yeah. Now, go back to that money mm-hmm. thing. When she met me, I would take my payroll check and I would take it to our CEO and he would cash it. Mm-hmm. He would take the check. He would give us money and I fold it up, put it in my pocket. Now I got that money for the rest of the month. It's sitting mm-hmm. in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And one day she asked me, you, you just keep your money in your pocket, okay. like you so. Bank? She took me to the bank. She got me a bank card. She this this is what she did, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. And she says, now you can use your bank card, you know. And I was like, but where's the money? Like, you know, this is how I was talking. She was like, he was in the bank. 
this is no cash. What is this? Nah, yeah. I don't understand this. This is folded up in my pocket. Now I got to <laughs> wonder how much I got in there. I know how much I got in my pocket, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm teaching him what, what has been taught to me. We were so young, but what I had that he didn't have is that I had been married before. So mm -hmm. I had a uh, this life that I had learned how to maneuver mm -hmm. and navigate before I met him. And here he is, 19 years old, just coming into, you know, life and trying to figure it out. So I found myself like teaching him. He taught me how to love mm -hmm. and how to communicate you know, and how to be open she, and not run away. Like I walk away, shut down, walk away. Also, you know? she didn't understand how to get in college. Like she's like, I don't yeah. like, I want to go to college. I want to go to college. Mm -hmm. I told her, go down there and do it. And then she wouldn't do it. One day I went down to the college. I signed her up. I mm -hmm. signed everything, bought her books, did all that kind of stuff. Brought them to her. I said, this is your first class. You go on this day. She was looking at me like, mm -hmm. so hold on a second. So I'm going or am I going as you or you? I mean, how did you sign up? I was like, I signed your name. Where, where, look, this is the person. This is your counselor. You're going to go down there and you're going to go to college. Yeah. He paid for me to get my degree and mm -hmm. just the things that we were never taught. You know, my grandparents, they had a third grade and a sixth grade education, respectfully. You know, education was not forefront mm -hmm. for yeah. them you know, working and paying bills and surviving, you know, for them. I can remember when I was in the 10th grade, they were like, well, okay, well, you went to school long enough. You know, you need to, mm -hmm. you need to quit and you need to go get a job because mm -hmm. we need to get help paying these bills. And I can remember crying because I always knew that I wanted to, an education. I always knew that I wanted to go to college. I just didn't wow. know how to get there because yeah. I didn't have money and I didn't, and I wasn't educated to know that I had that opportunity, mm. you know, and I can remember crying, Jasmine, just crying and crying and saying, please don't take me out of school. I will work, you know, and I will, I will help, but I want to go to school. And so I started working and, you know, in the 10th, ninth grade and going to school, you know, to try and help, you know, pay the bills. And my grandfather would take my whole paycheck. So mm. I would work. And they would take my whole paycheck and leave me enough just to put gas in my little poopy car. But I would work to to give my paycheck over and then go to school all day. And then I was an athlete, so I was playing basketball. And then I'd get off practice, go back to work and do that whole cycle all over again, just so I can stay in, in school and mm -hmm. get a diploma, you know. So we taught each other so much, even just about life. You know, just and and was not shy about it, you know, and I think that too wasn't embarrassed about it. Like he's like, What you you don't think you can go to college? Wait, I got you. And I'm looking at him like, Why are you what? You don't know anything about banking? I got you. You know what I mean? And we did that for each I can get other. You on campus though. Might not know nothing about banking, but I can get you on campus. <laughs> so we did that without embarrassing each other, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I think that's something that's very important too. Um, when your partner comes to you and tells you something and you just like blow it off or embarrass them, make them feel bad for it, they will never come to you again with that <laughs> issue or with any issue, right? So it's very important to make them feel like, 
okay, that you know, whatever, you can tell me whatever, right? Please tell me as much as you want me to know everything. I'm the type of person, I want to know everything. I over-communicate with my partner all the time. He's like, okay, I didn't need to know that. Okay, thank you. I didn't need to know that. But I want you to know, because that's just yeah. how I am, you know? Right. Um. So I just, I think that's very important. And I love the fact that you guys could learn from each other and you could do things for each other. Mm-hmm. You could like, D, you were talking about learning how to love and how to communicate. Mm-hmm. Those are not things that we are we just inherently know. Like those are things we have to learn. And I think it may be a little harder learning these things as an adult, you know, who yes. already has their life together, you know, in mm-hmm. their head. It, it's a lot harder than as a kid who's learning everything to learn mm-hmm. those things too. Um, so I, I just think it's really beautiful that you guys gave it a chance to become yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. Jasmine, I can remember one time. Oh my God. Now I, I was embarrassed on this. We were in, I feel like it was like a Walmart or a Kmart. Why are we saying this then? Mm-hmm. It was like a Walmart oh. or a Kmart or something. And we're still struggling with, and by the way, we're married at the time because- okay. We got married four months after we met. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll we go back down. to that. Oh, God. No. <laughs> she said, I'm right. Well, let me write this down. We'll go back to that. So we're married and we're Christmas holiday shopping because I love Christmas like nobody's business because I didn't have like a big Christmas. So I try to make it big for my family. But so we're shopping and I'm still struggling with that affection thing. We're married. And we're in the line. And I think he put his arm around me or he put his arm under me or something. And I I didn't, this time I didn't snatch away. I just kind of nudged away Slowly a little walked. bit. And yeah. <laughs> and he and he did it again. And I just kind of, you know, come on, boo. Like, you know, and he says, you've got to get over that. We are together. I'm going to show affection. That's just who I am. I know that, you know, because at this time we finally had this conversation. I know that wasn't how you're raised, but this is normal for us to show affection and, you know, in public. And I said, I know. I said, I'm working on it, working on it. And Jasmine, he says, hello, everybody, everybody here in Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) This is my wife, the love of my life. I love her to death. I will be holding her hand. <laughs> he, he did this in Walmart. So I'm mortified, right? We'll do unmentionables. Yeah, he did. It was crazy. And I'm more, when I tell you, I am so embarrassed. I And my daughter is with me and she's cracking up laughing. Like she's laughing. And I am mortified. The cashier is looking at me and the cashier is like, oh, and I'm like, you know, all mortified but girl you know the people in there they was like they were so receptive some thought it was funny some was like oh you know there was that few girls they all wrong with them Mm -hmm. you know but that's the kind of person he is that is the kind of person he is he's like nope you know i'm in this we in it this 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 is our thing and we're gonna be all right you know so girl i was mortified (laughs) i couldn't get out of that store fast enough Yes, he's like, we are together and the world is going to know it, okay? Mm, 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 mm. I still remember that. He's done that a few times, by the way. That wasn't the only Oh, no. We've been to places 
we've been to places down there where they wouldn't serve her. Yeah. And then mm. we've been to places where they wouldn't serve me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was, I, I didn't get that where I grew up. I grew up in Ohio. So we had, it wasn't as prevalent as it was down in Alabama, Georgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went into a place and they were like, well, we're not serving you, you know? And I was like, well, righty then. And so I go back to the car and I said, well, it's your turn. You mm-hmm. got to go in. Go people. Go, go, get go, go get us some food. <laughs> and, we, and it wasn't that they wouldn't serve them. It's like, what you doing down here? Why you, you know they, what I'm saying? Nah, they mm-hmm. they, they, you they you, look, like, you look like the popo. What you doing <laughs> Nice haircut. Clean you shave. Know. You know, but, and that only happened a few times because the thing about our African American community, our Black community, we understand the struggle. We know what it feels like to be rejected and denied and neglected. So we try to not do that to other people. So he was way more received, you know, in my family, in my community. Once you maneuver in the community a little bit and they know that, you know, all right, you ain't coming down here to, you know, hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, okay. Like my my cousin is like, you invited to the cookout. You you straight, but don't mess up. You know, <laughs> yeah, don't don't mess up your opportunity at the cookout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I want to hear more about that, um, especially when you guys first got together, and then four months later decided, oh yeah, we about to get married. I I want to hear all about what your family was thinking and saying and doing, what your community how any of that affected you and we eloped your world okay (laughs) (laughs) okay so so our our families knew about it i asked her dad they didn't know when though no they didn't know when that i asked her dad or her granddad at the time if i could have her hand in marriage and that was interesting because when i knocked on his door he said come in he had his back to me he was in his room and i walked over there and I was, this is the time I was getting ready to say, Hey, look, can I have your, your, your daughter's hand in marriage? And he was, he was cleaning his guns. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. But Jasmine, you rarely hear of our young men asking parents now for their, their daughter's hand in marriage. It's really crazy. But anyway, yeah, he had guns. Yeah, he had guns. <laughs> and he was, he was cleaning them. And I was like, when I walked over there, I was like, wow. I was like, you picked a great time. I was thinking mm-hmm. in my brain. And so he was like, so he used to call me knuckle for a knucklehead because um, I was the knucklehead back then. But he, so he said, what you, what you need knuckle? And I was like, uh, I'm, I, let me help you. So I sat down <laughs> and I took, I took one of the guys and I was helping him while we were talking and I asked him and he was like, he was like, okay, but are you sure? <laughs> like, are you sure she is? He said high maintenance. He said high maintenance and a hard bargain. That's what he said. He said (laughs) high maintenance and a hard bargain. Well, I know she's high maintenance because she come to you for everything. I had that was a problem I had too because I had to stop her from going and asking her dad for stuff that I couldn't provide. Yeah, but it didn't help. It didn't help. But I I slowed down though. (laughs) I slowed down. But you know what? That as a father, as a father, and having daughters. I understand why they do it now. Yeah. Then you couldn't tell me nothing. I'm like, what? But you have to look at it to a real man who is in a relationship, got a wife, a potential family coming. They want to be looked at as the man. 
you know, of their relationship, of their household. And here it is. I know that, you know, we were struggling financially and I would go to my grandfather and I would ask him. And to him, it was demeaning to him because it's like, what you don't understand is I have a relationship with your grandfather. We are friends. So for me to be around him, knowing that he has to give money to my family, it puts me in an awkward space mm. because I want to pay him back, but we can't, mm. you know what I'm saying? So how do I look a man in the eye knowing that I owe him money for him taking care of my family and not feel some kind of way. And about then on the it, other you know? on the other foot, she would say, "Ask your granddad mm -hmm. to uh, do this for us, please." And I'm like, "No." And yeah. she was like, "Why? You just can't ask him for this amount of money." And I'm like, "No, because it comes with a lecture. Mm -hmm. It comes with something that is is got a ticket." Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, after a while of us being married and financially we became okay. You know, we, we went through that period of just truly struggling and we went through it since then, you know what I mean? But we got to a point where we figured out how to go without and we figured out how to rely on each other and trust each other in, in the financial space of our marriage, because there is a, there's levels to marriage. You know, you have the physical yeah. space, you have that spiritual space, you know, you have that that mental space. Yeah. And then you have that financial, you know, space. And yeah. that's all before you have a family. That's just <laughs> you and that person, right? <laughs> you know, trying to figure it all out. And so mm -hmm. we did get to that space. And then when my grandfather got sick and he was dying and we flew to him, because at the time he was living in Alaska and we flew to him and he was literally seven days out from dying mm -hmm. on his deathbed. First thing he said when we walked in, when we walked in, I looked at him and I immediately started crying because when I left, he was like 280 pounds. Mm. I come back to like this 140 pound man, mm. you know what I mean? And he's laying in this bed and he's struggling and we walk in and I immediately starts crying, but he doesn't beckon for me. You know, he beckons for my husband wow. and he just tells him to come here. And my husband comes and my husband's crying and he bends down to him. And the first thing he says to him, are you going to be okay mm. taking care of her? Are you, do you got this? Do you got this? And it was almost like, I know I'm dying, but don't make me not die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> if you don't take care of my child, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you get what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that was the first thing he said was, you got this? You, you, you got her. You sure you got her, you know? And he just was crying and he was like, absolutely. I'll mm -hmm. always, I, I always got her, you know? And it was almost like, you can see the relief. Like his body was all tense and tight, but you can see him, you know, just release at that, that moment, just mm -hmm. really relax. So men, they want to be the man and they want to make sure that their families are cared for real men. And they will take that feeling all the way to their grave. And mm -hmm. I learned that on that day that his point of view of why he wanted to appear to be the man in control of his family in front of my grandfather was so important. And I learned that on that day, why it was so important, you know, mm -hmm. because this man has to rely on another man 
to care for the the the, the child that he's cared for all his life. Mm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Good oh stuff. man. Yeah, thank you. I just I thank you both for just being very vulnerable um and sharing that. Stay tuned for the second part of this interview coming next week. Hey y'all. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about anything I talked about on this episode, you can DM me on Instagram at PinkLadyProd. That's P-I-N-K-L-A-D-Y-P-R-O-D. Or you can email me at jasmine at PinkLadyProd.com. Jasmine is spelled J-A-S-M-I-N-E. If you want more info about Pink Lady Productions or me, you can visit our website at pinkladyprod.com. Subscribe to Podcasting is the new king for updates on new episodes, and please feel free to share it. Also, please rate and review the show. Peace.